0: guess I should stock two and gum.
1: Did you bring enough for everybody?
0: I, I, I do. I do have enough. I have a whole pack. <laughs>
1: I, I, I didn't know there'd be so many people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me put my gum in my can. Oh, that didn't sound good at all. I'm on my soda huh. can. And
1: now... Uh, What's
0: in the box? Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner, now
1: ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere up to go! <laughs> I got
2: nowhere up to go! <laughs>
1: I got go! Hello, else. everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins as we are gathered together to once again do a TKO episode. I am Paul Spataro, and I am joined as is mostly normal. By Scott Gardner and Bill Robinson. Hey guys. Hey, I
0: am, I am sexy Soviet sniper. No.
1: <laughs> you, you, you can't pull that off the way Andy can.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I can pretend to be that giant Russian bunny from Bugs Bunny.
1: My little babushka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so painful. <laughs> So, yeah, we're, today we're looking Come at, on, give me big kiss. <laughs> today we're looking at the graphic novel Sarah by Garth Ennis and Steve Epting, and the colors are important enough I guess in this one that she gets a credit on the cover, Eliz- Elizabeth Brightweiser, who I've heard of and I've heard great things about and I'm sure I've seen her work before, but I don't I have to be honest, I don't really follow colorists to speak of, so I can't really comment much on that
2: we saw her work with i'm presuming it's her husband whose name whose first name i've forgotten but we saw her work on um captain america patriot that we covered there a while ago which Uh, one? that that fourth? yeah we did we we really liked and yeah I, I i liked the art in this a lot and it's weird that it says that she's just the colorist but i'd swear that i, I could see some of her art influence uh in the art in this but maybe maybe it's just my imagination but i, I found the art style in this very similar to uh that patriot book but again maybe it's just because the, the coloring was similar because it's the same person i don't i don't know but
1: that could well be um I well I don't want to get into the talking about you know the critiquing it as of yet because we haven't given any kind of story about or any kind of indication as to what it's about and taking one from my my good friend Dr. Bill I'm going to read you the back cover of the book to start things off. <laughs> Boy, thank you. Thank you.
0: I'm glad I started the trend. So ah. the back
1: cover says Nazi occupied Russia 1942 fight hard shoot straight don't let them take you alive. In the second terrible winter of the siege of Leningrad, seven women snipers find themselves caught up in the struggle against the German invader. Their deadliest shot is Sarah, whose inner demons may yet prove her undoing. But with the enemy to their front, and the agents of the Soviet state lurking in the shadows, how long can any squad survive the terrifying maelstrom of war? So, Basically, and Scott and I were discussing this before we got together with Bill. Uh, I saw this story as less of a narrative beginning, middle, end type story, and more of a here's a slice of life and how things go during war, uh, which is really interesting because it comes on the tales on, on the tale of me reading of watching the recent Tom Hanks movie Greyhound, uh, which is you know it's not soviet during world war ii it's america during world war ii and it's the navy but it was the same type of thing i felt like it showed him on a particular mission that he was going through and it started it like that was the story was the mission uh but it didn't really feel like a character arc to speak of just more of a slice of life and i feel like this movie kind or this movie this book kind of did the same thing uh so start, starting there what did you guys think of the story I uh,
2: I enjoyed it a lot. I was really quickly sucked into it. Um, I, I consider myself quite a fan of Garth Ennis, but it's strange because what are probably arguably his, his two most famous works, um, one of them I've never read and the other one I couldn't get through, which was um, – uh, preacher I've never read because just, just it doesn't interest me at all and I, I, I'm really turned off by the art style uh, and then the boys um, and the boys was just the only reason I, I stopped reading that was just it was disturbing which is it's meant to be um, but it was it was so disturbing that I was like I, I just don't feel right reading this kind of disturbing so I stopped but I do consider myself a fan of his uh, his run on the Punisher uh is incredible he wrote the punisher for i don't know it was it was quite a number of issues i want to say well one of the series i think i think he did a solid like 75 or more issues and then he had prior runs before the max series that he did so i mean he he did a lot of punisher and The Punisher, to me, it was always a character I really liked, but you know, I I never really followed him with any regularity. But I read everything Garth Ennis wrote of the Punisher. I really liked that, and then um, I've read—I think I've read everything he's done with uh, with Nick Fury as well. And that stuff is great. And that's a character that up until. Uh, Garth Ennis got his hands on him. I never cared about it at all. I mean, I didn't dislike Nick Fury. He just wasn't a character that appealed to me at all. But when uh, when I discovered there was a, uh, I think it was a six issue, five or six issue, Max series that uh, that Ennis did uh, that was just called Fury. That was just the name of just Fury. And uh, I read the first issue on that and was just immediately sucked in because he he makes a comment about the state of America today that just totally hit home with me because it was very similar to how I feel about, you know, the state of the nation today. And so I was immediately sucked in. Uh, And then he had a great run with, uh, with dynamite. He, he launched uh, the shadow for them and that was some really good stuff. So of the, of the three, tko books that we've we've looked at so far the three different series this was the one i was most looking forward to just by the pedigree on it because i like garth ennis i'm a fan of his i like steve epting and i was familiar with uh with brit weiser bright however p- pronounce her name from the captain america patriot series so while I, you know, the, the cover, you know, and I didn't read the back cover copy, just looking strictly just at the cover of the graphic novel, you know, which is just this, uh, you know, Soviet female soldier. It really didn't tell you anything about it, but I was still like, OK, I'm I'm intrigued by this just by the pedigree of the creators that were on it. So it sucked me right in and I really enjoyed it because it was a very familiar writing style and and very familiar art. Stuff. Of the three books, this was the kind of art that I prefer. Um, and I really enjoyed it right up until the end. Um, and I don't know how spoilery we want to go, so I won't spoil the ending, uh, without giving a spoiler warning, but it it just, uh, the ending left me very unsatisfied just in the sense of. Uh, at, at the end of the day, I think the way you described it, Paul, as being a slice of life kind of works because I walked away from it going, "Okay, that was good, but what what was I supposed to take away? And what what was the point? You know, because I the takeaway from it was kind of like, oh, okay.
0: You know? uh, see, I had the exact opposite reaction to the ending that you did, but we'll discuss that later. Okay, don't want to spoil it now.
1: Well, what did, what did you think in general of it, Bill?
0: Well, Garth Ennis, I've read all of Preacher um, because I started to watch the TV show and I had not read Preacher, so I tracked down and was able to read Preacher. Uh, other than that, the only thing I think I had seen Garth Ennis uh, or read of any of his was the Ghost Rider series that he had done and maybe an odd or two issue here. I hadn't really. The, the, the biggest. Run of his, I've read, is is Preacher. so um, But Steve Epting, I really enjoyed when he did, I believe, if I remember correctly, he did Civil War, and he was on Captain America for a while. He did do Civil War, right?
2: Uh, I'd have to look that up. I'm not sure about that. I know he did a, a, a long stint on the Avengers. Kind yeah, of that was
0: a long, long, way, way a back, long time ago, yeah. Just recently, he yeah. was on... Captain America. I believe up until Captain America
2: was sh- was uh w- was shot. Yeah, I think he was working. He got better. On, yeah, I think he was working on Cap during the Brubaker stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. Let me look here. I'm looking. At, see, I don't I, remember. I found. I,
1: I don't dislike his artwork because I agree with you. It's kind of that that style, that nice clean style that I generally like. But I also see a lot of photo referencing in his style. And yeah, that, that but... to me. And well, let me let me just finish the story, okay. because because to me, that creates kind of a stiffness to the storytelling. Uh, they like when I see too many photo reference pictures, it's not that I'm opposed to the photo referencing as a concept, which I think some people are. It's more that it just doesn't seem to flow. One of the things that I talk about, like with Gene Colman, is to me, it looks like everybody's in motion. And, and I love that about his style. And I know you guys are not fans of Frank Robbins, but it's kind of one of the things I like about him is everybody looks weightless and everybody looks like they're in motion when, when I'm looking at his artwork. When somebody photo references too much, they look posed to me. They look heavy and stiff. And that's something that turns me off a little bit. And I don't didn't see it a lot, quite frankly, in this particular book. So, I'm, I'm criticizing something that isn't even in this book, but well, in other Steve Epting things, I have seen that. It's one of the things that's turned me off to him a little bit.
0: Go ahead. In all honesty, in a book about snipers, you're going to have a lot of static shots, people not moving. Yeah, it's true. Because they're snipers. Uh, so, um, but yes, there are some times that photorealism takes me out, especially, but that's more so when like early in the what was it, the 2000s and the 90s, they were starting to use like Timothy Dalton as a reference for Tony Stark. And then obviously later they would try to do that with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Like that was the first time that something struck me and pulled me out of a book when I saw Timothy Dalton as Tony Stark and went, huh, what? So I can understand that. But if there is photo referencing here, it's not to anyone I could easily recognize. But yes, it could be real people. So to me, I think I felt this book had like a cinematic quality. If I felt like I was watching yeah. a movie as as yeah. I read it.
1: Well, I, I think that's something that yeah. I'm seeing as kind of a through line in all three of the series that we've touched on so far, because mm-hmm. I think every True. one of them feels like it could be uh, a treatment for some form of live action film.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or, like or a, story you know, or, or a TV
1: series or something. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And like I said, I, I didn't really see the really stiff, static images that do bother me about Photoshopping in this. So, again, it's something that has bothered me in the past, didn't really bother me in this.
0: Because I, I could see this being a movie.
1: This one, unlike the other two, the other two I could easily see being a Netflix series. This one, mm. I think, really... Is a movie, not a Netflix series. I right, don't think this there could was enough fill out ten episodes.
0: This, yeah, this would be a movie, whereas the other ones would be a series.
1: Timmy, go watch,
0: go watch the um, Umbrella Academy, everybody. I'm watching it now.
1: Timmy, Sentience could to definitely story. be a series. Uh, Seven Deadly Sins could be a series or a movie. This one could be a movie. <laughs> it's almost mm-hmm. like we run, the, we run the uh, the, the gamut yeah. with, the, with between the three.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too.
1: So, uh, you know, we we talked a little bit beforehand and, uh, you know, I try to, to think about the time that this is supposed to take place. Uh, and it's, you know, 1942, Russia during World War Two. And we were again, we were discussing before we started recording that I was questioning whether. Women were valued at that in that era to the extent where they would be set up as a uh, as a unit uh, as they are here. Uh, and you know, I, did, I was thinking, no, that that's probably taking a little artistic license. But Bill did a little quick internet search, and it looks as if
0: uh, yeah, a, a a like a thirty thousand feet above, looking down, just looking at a few quick things. You know, not like in-depth research. This was like five, 10 minutes. And it did state that there was uh, women uh, in the Russian army who did actually function as snipers and supposedly racked up like eleven thousand kills. But that is strictly a very quick five-minute internet search. However, it did have footnotes and it was Wikipedia, so take it for what it's worth. <laughs> Just saying. So yeah,
1: they're, they're, I. I... Thought that a lot of the characters in this struck me as interchangeable. There's that one, uh, for lack of a better word, very husky, butch-looking woman uh, in the right. tr- where she, she yeah, showed she's... a true personality and stood out. Uh, and then there's obviously Sarah, but otherwise I kind of felt like the characters blended, and I didn't get, I never got like a real feel for who was who.
0: Really. I mean, well, because Sarah's like the grizzled, cold. Like she would be. Uh, well, you. She finds out. You find out something about her towards the end of the book that happens that kind of shows you why she's kind of steel hearted and also very. Um, she's not buying the party line, because you also have like a like a like a Soviet. Uh, what did they call the Politburo office or like like the yeah, propaganda, propaganda officer?
2: officer yeah. Political yeah. officer,
0: yes. Yeah. So so there's yeah. there's like that woman and you just like oh god, she's like she's like a Russian Karen. You know. <laughs> oh the mother Oh the motherland, oh come on, Russian, go, 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 yes, yeah, get out there, girls. Yes, we'll tell them our great Oh, shut up! Just somebody shoot this woman.
1: She she is a bit of a Karen, to use the expression that's become popular recently. Um, yeah, but she she didn't strike me, despite the fact that she's such a great marksman and and all of that. She did not strike me as a Mary Sue.
0: Who, Sarah? No, no. And that's well, can't really say. Yeah, I mean, I you know what? I almost oh, I see. I, I don't want to spoil it yet. Yes, she comes off as a Mary Sue. The beginning and middle of the book, and um, but let's talk about another character, uh, the red-haired girl, the one who was in this but didn't really have the killer instinct and was probably going to get somebody killed if not herself. Like she really shouldn't have been there. I can't remember her character's name off the top of my head.
2: The red-haired girl in the, in the
0: oh okay yeah. in her squad, the one that you know, right? She really didn't have it in her to be what they were doing. Although she, well, again, it's hard not, not to spoil like the last episode, uh, the last. Are you talking,
2: of... are you talking the one that she was often talking to and kind of butting heads with? No, no, no. The other one, because that was like oh, the wand. It was, young, it was the redhead. The young girl that liked the, the, young girl that liked the dogs that was upset. Oh that the dogs... yeah. Yes, it,
0: yeah. exactly. I feel bad that I can't remember yeah. everybody's name, but I read it so quick. And then I did. Well, it, it is, it is a
2: quick it is a quick read. I was surprised by that because when I, I when I sat down to read it, um, I know, you know I, I thought it was going to be a slog, but it was like, oh, man,
0: I went right through this.
2: I, I didn't I wasn't expecting the slog, but I, I thought, you know, OK, this is going to be a meaty read. You know, this is going to take an afternoon type of thing. And I, I read it. And I, I don't know, it wasn't very long, an, an hour, maybe mm-hmm. at most. So it really kind of surprised me that it was such a quick read. But. Then again, I mean, I, I think that's also, uh, at least in my case, I, I think that's a testament to how absorbed I – because I was really sucked into it. I mean, I really did enjoy it a lot. The, the only real criticism I have is just the, the because of the way it ends, I, I just kind of walked away going, uh, you know, again, you know, what, what was the point? Because I – it just – It almost feels like an incomplete story, and I I hate saying that because I, you know, like I say, then it makes it seem like I didn't enjoy it, and I did enjoy it. Um, It's just the the kind of abruptness of the ending and the and the way it left me unsatisfied was it it left me struggling for a point, like like what was it trying to say? How you know was it supposed to? You know, because it's not an you know it's not necessarily like an anti-war story. It's not you know, I just, I didn't take a moral away. I didn't take a mess, pardon me, a message away. I just kind of took like, you know, like what Paul said. It, it's like a little slice of these women's lives, um, yeah, which it's, is okay, so long as there's like something to that. And, and I didn't feel like there ultimately was really too much to that. It's just like, this was a moment of their lives. And it's like, oh, okay, but, Well, we'll, Um, why would I care about that?
0: (laughs) It's hard not to talk about spoilers. Uh, Do we do like a a spoiler thing here or no?
2: Well, um, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, if if we want to do it, you know, movie review style and go, okay, from this point on, you know, we're going to go spoilers, then. Well, before we do that, let's so
0: I guess we'll give our recommendations and then we'll do some some. So some spoilers and if anybody doesn't want to maybe we'll try to do like the next five to ten minutes or I don't know what do you guys want to do yeah that's or fine. we could just or we could talk about it afterward after the show is over
1: <laughs> no that's let's let's put it in the show we'll just we'll have a, a little, little artificial curtain in between the non spoiler section and the spoiler section okay so so, uh, so when review? review? yeah what's your uh your review take on it?
0: Uh, oh well, I mean, you you reviewed this one, but I'll do it. Uh, the cover. Well, if we go by the cover of the trade, it's uh, it's interesting. Like I saw some of the individual issue covers. I mean,
2: this one is. Yeah. Yeah, a, are they in the book? The I wondered about that. Were they? No, in I actually see book?
0: them. I'm looking at them on on uh, like on online. I see some like like oh, number okay. three,
2: you know, number one. Well, so, yeah, that, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I didn't write any notes down on this because, like I said, it just kind of sucked me in and I just read through it. But I did note that as soon as you open, because we received this, I, I'm assuming you guys got it the same <laughs> way I did, received really? it in kind of like a like a graphic novel format, yes. but it's yeah. really a trade because immediately, you know, when you open the book, it says. It, it's kind of weird because most books I've ever six. seen like this says, you know, originally presented in or whatever. This one doesn't say that. It just says Sarah number one through six. So this is reprinting, you know, six issues, you know, a six issue series, essentially. But well, instead of giving you, co- you know, the covers either between the chapters or at the end of the book, like most other productions like this that I've seen, you only get just the front cover. That's it.
0: Well, and I was I a little disappointed give you- by that. Because there's different, you know, like we got the box sets for the other one. So right, there, those. So I'm 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 from from looking at their at their website before, like there's different versions that they would, like you can buy the box set would be the individuals, or you can buy the trade. The way you could read it how you want to read it. Um, right. So this was, I, and they might have just been giving us a sample of their different styles of uh, stuff. So looking at some of the individual covers they're kind of dynamic they're they're different but as for this trade it's kind of i don't want to say blah but it's uh, it's a white background with uh, the character sarah kind of like in a reddish hue with just the you know sarah written over like a quentin tarantino thing if would you say kind of like I'm a minimalist sure. cover. I'm not sure
1: I get the Quentin Tarantino connection. Maybe
0: I'm maybe I'm grasping a wrong thing. But like those minimalist covers, like like movie posters, right. like something right. like that. yeah I mean, it's good. I don't know if it would jump out and make me want to buy it. All, but um, so I mean, I'd have to give it like a C plus to a B. Now looking at some of the other covers, I like those a lot. Uh, like one is with Sarah looking, looking at uh, through her um. Sight glass and you see the view of somebody else looking through their sight glass at her. I think that's like number number six. So, uh, you know, some of those other covers are a little bit more dynamic. I'm overusing that word. They're better. They're better. More better <laughs> covers. So more better. The art. I like the art because it, even though that it's a war book. It didn't go out of its way to be overly graphic. Like it just, you know, there could have easily been heads exploding and guts p- boiling out. I'm glad they didn't go that route. It's just, you know, you get a gunshot, you get a spatter of white of red on like the white u- uniforms or, you know, such. So um, the art
1: for me. See, uh, I think
2: that I think that's actually more horrific, honestly. I, I think that works more effectively.
1: Leaving it to your imagination.
2: Yeah. Um, I less, mean, yeah, I was glad that it just
0: wasn't a bloodfest like, and people being cut in half or, you know. Although I was right. really sad when, when the dogs were getting blown up. That kind of disturbed me because I did not know or was not aware that they strapped mines to the backs of dogs and had them run under tanks. Right. That was uh, pretty horrific.
1: I, I an agree. Animal. I agree that that you know putting it in, leave, leaving it to your imagination, makes it uh you know can, can make it more hor- horrific in its own way. But I also uh, along the same lines feel like uh, you know when they do put it in there, it just seems gratuitous. A lot of times, it, it's it's a cheap way of trying to get you to have a uh, you know a visceral feeling instead of actually working at the story to do that. So I appreciate that they, you know, they make that effort.
0: Yeah. Right. And story-wise, uh I enjoyed uh, so art-wise I'm going to give it an A. And for the story, which when we get into spoilers I'll explain things better, uh I enjoyed this and I think this was for me was probably my number 2 overall out of the 3. Behind Sentinel or sentient, sorry, not sentinel. Um, so that's, uh, I'll give the story an A as well, so it's like a B plus because of the, the cover. If it was the other individual covers, it would be an A all around. All
1: right. Oh. A. I think that, I think the cover is effective, actually. Uh, I think it, it You know, even though it's kind of the minimalist poster image, I think it kind of gives you an idea of what to expect inside, frankly. Uh, And I think it's well-drawn. I like the coloring on it. I like the uh, sprinkling of white to make it look like there's snow in front of her. Uh, I think it's Hmm. pretty effective. I'm going to say a B-plus on the cover. The interior art... Again, I think it is that clean style that I like, and I don't really feel like there's that stiff Photoshop look about it, which has sometimes given me some pause with Epting. And I do think that the coloring is effective in it, setting moods, uh, you know, darker at some points, uh, you know, and and brighter at others. Uh, Certainly the coloring is used to show whenever there's contact with a bullet, too. Uh, there's no sound effects to it there's just you know the splattering of blood basically without ever being overly graphic uh, so I think you know the coloring does deserve a nod uh, in the review of it uh, so I'd say the I'd say the artwork inside much like the cover gets a b plus I think it's very solid the story I have to say I think it's well done it's And and I think your mileage may vary from mine. Personally, the slice of life aspect of it was a little bit of a a negative for me. Uh, But I could see where other people would just love that. So, you know, your mileage may vary. But for me, it's a C plus on the story. And overall, the book, it's just a straight B.
2: Okay. Uh, I think I'm with you on uh, on the cover. I, I kind of for this for this particular story, for this presentation, for what this actually is, I think this cover is actually really effective. Um, you know, it's it's a battle. You know, it's a it's a story of, of, you know, this this female soldier, you know, during a battle of, you know, uh, during World War Two of the Soviets versus the, the Germans and so I, you know, the stark white, you know, featureless background representing winter, and then you know this red female—I mean, literally colored red—you know, the, the the you know predominant coloring on her being red, um, you know, with flecks of snow, you know, all through her figure. It just—it it is a really effective image. Now I don't know that it would necessarily sell it to me you know, like if i saw it on a on a shelf somewhere or something i don't know that it would necessarily you know make me want to you know snag it down off the shelf but uh, you know which ultimately I, I feel like is you know what a cover is meant to do it's meant to grab you you know and, and go buy me I, I don't know that it necessarily does that but it is very effective in image you know nonetheless so um i think i'd go uh i think i'd go a straight up be um on the cover because I, I do like the way it's presented um, the interior art i really like um, i think it's very effective but some it, it's weird because it, it's this strange dichotomy between um you know being very gritty i, I don't want to say dark and gritty because it's not necessarily dark um, it's very gritty it's very realistic without being gory without being you know overly blood and guts that sort of thing um yet it also i think because of the inking style looks a little um i don't know it's, it's hard to describe i'm trying to find the words to describe it it's it's a little light if you know what i mean um which i think takes down a peg the effectiveness of the, the grit and realism of it, although there are some some uh, parts of this that are just, I mean, just amazing. Um, I wish the pages were numbered because the, the sequence where the, um, I don't know what his rank was, the, the colonel, captain, whatever this guy was, the new guy that came in where, where Sarah was about to speak up and tell him that he was full of shit. <laughs> that whole sequence, I'm looking at so well done uh, because the the picture of the campground there, I, I think Paul's right. I think this is an actual photograph uh, integrated with comic art. Like Like the two are kind of blended together, but it's so effective that it, it takes you a minute to kind of realize that um, so it's not necessarily so much photo referencing as it is using a photo, like uh, what I'm assuming is a real photo of the, you know, of uh, a, a Russian camp from this era, you know, integrating that into the story very effectively. And it really it blends. It's not like the old, you know, marvels in the 70s when they tried to you know, integrate. You know, photographs into a Fantastic Four story or something, and it just stood out and looked really bad. I mean, this blends so well that it, it took me a minute to realize that, hey, I think that's actually a photograph. You know, it, it's really cool, and I like that. It's it's very effective. Um, but, yeah, it's the, the art, I really like the art, but it, it's this strange dichotomy between kind of light and airy with the inks um, and then gritty and realistic with the subject matter. And so that, that's a little bit strange in some instances, but overall I really do like it. And I think a lot of it was just because it's more in my comfort zone. It, it's more the comics I'm used to, you know, having read, um, you know, the Epting's Captain America run, for example. I mean, cause this really reminded me of that, you know, especially the, the, the World War II battle sequences, you know, the flashbacks with Cap and Bucky, you know, in World War II and stuff like that. I mean, it, I almost expected Captain America to show up in this, you know, um, <laughs> or at least, just, uh, I didn't mean so much of that stuff or at least the
0: guardian, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just, it really did remind me of that stuff, uh, very, very much. So, you know, art wise, I think I'm going to go, uh, I think I'm going to go an A minus on the art. Cause I really did dig it a lot. I think I just, I'm, it's something about the inking on this—I I don't know—is he inking himself? Is this, uh, is there any? Yeah, it just says R for Steve Epting, and so I'm assuming he's inking himself. So maybe that's the issue, or maybe it's the printing process. I don't know. Although I, I think the the presentation in this is beautiful. Again, you know, the the—I've really been struck by the quality of these TKO books. I really like the paper they're printed on. Um, I really like the way this stuff looks. That was um, one of my And then story? Only, that was...
0: What's that? <laughs> I had a hard time making sure I wasn't skipping pages again with this one. I had to... Re- right, More yeah. so being a trade because I'd flip. I'm like, wait, this doesn't make sense. And I have to stop and slowly, sh- you know, pinch the papers through my fingers and go, all right, there's another picture in here. All right, there's another page. There's two pages I missed. So that, <laughs> that was the only thing to, you know that was a uh, minor, minor quibble.
2: The, the one woman, have you, either of you guys read Ennis's, um, Punisher run, the, I, I the, uh, the max stuff. Now, do you remember in, in the max run, there was, uh, you remember the, the guy, I can't remember what his name was as, as the story originally started there were those two agents. I I can't remember if they were CIA or what they were, but they were, they were observing, uh, Frank castle. And then the male guy, he ended up, the mob caught him and they cut his, they cut his balls off. Do you remember that? Uh, Yeah. And and the, the guy, the guy that did it, he was this just like chisel faced. He, he actually looked a lot like, uh, He looked a lot like Jack Kirby, frankly, but he looked like a, like a, like a exaggerated version of Jack Kirby. Almost like, um, if you remember, uh, terrible Turpin from Superman comics or from Superman, the animated series, Mm -hmm. he kind of looked like him, but like imagine terrible Turpin as a bad guy. And that's what this guy looked like. Well, he ends up getting killed. And then way later in the series, you meet his sister, who looks just like him as if it was him in drag. And she's just horrible looking. I mean, she's this big, I mean, you talk about butch. she's this big, ugly butch powerhouse like mob enforcer woman. And that's what the the woman that you were talking about in this story and one of the the female snipers, the one that really got off on the torturing the prisoners. Yeah, she reminds me so much of that character that I almost wondered if it was a nod to that character because they actually look very similar. But Kinda like I, Granny I, goodness, I don't know if it... no, not not quite. Yeah. But she she does she really does look a lot like that character. So I, I was just wondering if that was some sort of Ennis callback to you know to that character in the Punisher, but um. Anyway, I've gotten completely sidetracked myself. Story-wise, except for the way it ends, um, I really did enjoy this, and I, and I really did get sucked into it. I, I actually wanted it to continue. I was—I'd uh, be much more satisfied with this if it—if it ended with, you know, saying something like "end of part one" or you know, "end of season one" or something like that. Um, so. You know, just strictly for the way it ends, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock it down a bit. I'm gonna say a B on this story just because it, it did leave me a bit unsatisfied on it. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I think I'll, I'll go uh, an overall A on on the whole package because I, I did enjoy it. I, I got a kick out of it.
1: Okay, now that's said, uh, if you don't want any spoilers, if you want to read this and would like to do so cleanly, I would say. Pause your your uh, player right now, read it, and then come on back, because Bill and Scott <laughs> are about to go spoiler crazy while I while I'm going to listen to most of it.
2: Head to head, <laughs> mono we mono. Well, we had speculated before we got started recording on the the historical veracity of this whole thing, and I, I'd like to know that just. You know, because I wondered that before on something else I read from uh, from Garth Ennis, um, the beginning of his run on the Shadow for Dynamite Comics. There was this whole thing that was giving history on um, the, you know, I, I believe it was World War One. I? I could be wrong. World War One, World War Two. I forget. I, I think it was World War One. History on a war between uh, the Chinese and the Japanese, and like all these horrible atrocities that have been committed, and you know the millions of people that have been murdered and everything. And and I was like, I've never heard any of this. And it got me to wondering, like, is this really true, or you know, is this you know he just made this shit up, you know, for the sake of the story? And it's and it's so you know, it's presented in such a believable way that it seems authentic. I don't know. And I was kind of wondering the same thing with this, like, because it, it, he, in his writing, he often presents in in a way, you know, he writes in a way where it feels very realistic and very, uh, you know, authentic. But I don't know if that's because he's incredibly well researched or he's just a great bullshitter. I have no idea, but one way or the other I like this guy's writing style. I like, I like what he's putting down, but this felt very real, you know, like this, this actually could be, you know, a, a, a true presentation of, of, a, of an authentic uh, thing that happened, you know, with, you know, with the Russian army, uh, you know, in world war two. And I got a serious, I was getting a serious um, black widow vibe from the whole thing, which is, I guess, ultimately why i was very disappointed with the end of it so we're in we're in spoiler mode now so i'll go ahead and and spoil it again if you don't want to be spoiled on the way this story ends because i do recommend that people go out and you know seek it out and read it um it ends where she dies she gets shot by this the very sniper that they're trying to track down and i was shocked and ultimately very disappointed in the ending um i'm not sure again i'm not sure what the point of all of it was i I don't is it meant to shock you because it's kind of a twist almost a twilight zoney ending because you know here she was the best of the team you know she was the best of the best she'd had all these kills she'd become kind of famous or infamous for being so good at her job of, of being this, you know, marksman sniper. And then she makes a rookie mistake and, and dies at the end of the story. And I'm like, wow, really? That, I don't know. What, What do you guys think? Well, I looked at more as, as so
0: she sneaks out while everyone else is still asleep. And she goes out on her own and she captures another German, uh, soldier, and uses him kind of as bait. Like she sets him up to look like a sniper while she's sitting below him waiting for right. him to be shot. And he is shot. And then she kills the one that killed him. And then she in turn. And you, you, it could be a rookie mistake. It could be hubris. And then she is in turn shot by the second sniper on the other side. So right. But I, I looked at it not that she was more I see where I was surprised is that it did in this way and it wasn't that she didn't win, but she sacrificed herself because as she's dying, she has that moment of clarity, whatever, where she sees all the surviving members of her squad. Because I I think she felt that if they all went out, the rest of them were going to get killed. Sooner or later, one way or another, she had to go out and take this other sniper team out. Take these sniper killers. Because they had already killed some of her group like the previous day, previous missions, using different tactics and different teams and airplanes and spotters. And they were picking them off. Eventually, they were all going to be dead. So she goes out on her own and she does that. And basically... I don't want to say gives herself up, but she, I don't think she expected to come back because we also get the revelation because early on in the story, she was trying to find out what happened to the village where she lived. And basically, she she, she was told by the higher-ups, well, that village doesn't exist anymore. We believe the Germans raised it. Your parents are dead. Sorry. So, right. but at the end of the story, when she had gone to meet uh, Stalin... Who apparently is kind of short. Oh, Paul, I don't remember you being that short. (laughs) But uh, she meets Stalin, and she's in uh, she's somewhere like in the uh, in this um, in in this building, and she overhears a discussion between some other higher ups who had been like had their eye on her, and she finds out that they were concerned that she would find out what really happened to her village and her family because apparently, and, and see this. You're t- talking about things that Ennis puts in. Is this is, that, is this a fact? Is this just a story? Because I've never really heard of this, but I don't see where it would be outside the realm of possibility. That supposedly the Russian soldiers came in dressed as Germans in the village, harassed the villagers, and expected them to resist. And when they did not, they killed everyone in the village because they were supposed to be right. good Russians and resist to the last man and not help the enemy and when she hears right. this she's shocked by it so I think at that point she had really lost her faith that's why she's she wanted, was going to say like hey you're full of shit to the guy that gets killed you know that right. it, there's so many things here at the end that pay off that were planted earlier on in, in the story and I'll get to another one in a second so I think she's lost her she, the only faith she has is her family now is her squad so she goes out to take Either she's going to die or she's going to take these people out, which she takes one out. She's shot. She's dying. She has the flash ahead. But then she comes back to her senses and goes, but that's only what can could happen. I need to make sure I take him out. And we get a we get a call back to earlier, like the first or second issue or chapter when she was being trained by the other guy. They were putting grenades, they would take a grenade, put it under a body, pull the pin, have the body hold the, uh, you know, the lever on the grenade so that when they flip the grenade, when they flip the body over, boom, it would, it would set the grenade off and it would kill the people that came to check the bodies. So as she's dying, she takes her grenade, she rolls herself over while she's bleeding out and sets a, sets a grenade under herself because she's saying in her head, he's going to come, he's going to want to gloat. He's going to flip me over, and that's how – that's basically – you see him coming. You don't even see his face. You just see this, this shadowed figure coming through the trees, and you know that even though she's dead, she's won, and she saved her squad. And that's why I like the end of the story.
1: I do, because I do agree with you on that. I think that's well done. I, I, I like that ultimately her sacrifice still – serves the purpose that she was trying to serve she didn't want to die but once she knew she was going to she didn't let it be in vain
0: yeah and I I don't think she felt there was any way else I mean I'm sure she didn't want to die but if this was what it was going to be she wanted to die saving because she couldn't save her real family because they were gone by her own country supposedly in the story so she was trying to save the only family she had and that's why I think it's a better story than you think it is Scott have I changed
2: your mind? Well, I mean, you've given me something to chew on that I, I hadn't really considered. I, I think part of it was, you know, listening to the way you explain it, I think you took something away from the story that, that I didn't, which was I thought that everybody else was dead. I, no, no, I must no. have she, misread she something out,
0: somewhere. She snuck out early uh, ahead of them. Okay. At
2: least that's the way I read it. Because there was the... No, I, I guess you're right. Because there was the battle where they did lose.
0: There was a battle. Then they were like, all sleeping or whatever. Yeah, because they then they lost hard. There was a lot of them that went down.
2: That's right, because she says goodbye to some of the other ones at the end of the story. So, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like, know. Like, I, I mean... It, it makes it makes the ending a, a bit more palatable, I guess. But ultimately, I, I you know I still maintain that you know I I wish it hadn't ended that because I liked her character and I I wanted to see more of this. I felt like there was more to her and more to be revealed about her. So it was kind of shocking to me when she just dies at the end of the story. Well, what really else could we have found
0: out about her? I mean. She was the best at what she did. I mean, her family was gone. The only family she had. I mean, yeah, she could have got a happily ever after, but she gave up her happily ever after for everybody else.
2: Right. She was like Charlton Heston in The Omega Man. Well, I mean, not, you know, not in real life, you know, not everybody gets, you know, the, the big, you know, heroic ending or or the happily ever after, you know, especially in a war book like this. You know, you kind of expect, you know, that, yeah. that people aren't going to come to the happiest ending. So, yeah, that was my take. No, I, I, you make a good point. I mean, you make a good argument for it. it. It does make it a bit more palatable, I guess, you know, seeing it that way that. You know, it's a shame that she died, but, you know, she did, you know, save the rest of the team and everything. And I, it makes sense of kind of the the vision or the flash forward that she has as she's dying too. you know, that, that these other women will go on to, you know, to other things in their lives.
0: And that shot, so her sacrifice
2: when, does matter
0: when she comes out of that. Um, out of that vision, because she's laying down in the snow like with her back in the snow and like her eyes are starting to like bloody up and you know, her blood's all in the snow. There's like a lot more red in the snow cause she's bleeding out after she wakes up. And that's when she's like, you know, he's like, Oh, she says, none of this is guaranteed. He can still kill them. Cancel everything to come with just three bullets. And he says, he'll kick my body over. Oh, I don't I got to put my glasses on. I can't read. <laughs> cause I'm an old man. I could read, but I keep pushing the book away. He'll kick my body over, satisfying his curiosities, see what's in the tree, and grunt with mild amusement. My variation on his theme, a story for the boys in years to come, with his benighted country far behind him. He'll go back to work on Lydia, Vera, Rena, unless I do what I set out to do. And this one was she's pulling the pin on the grenade, and she grunts and flips over and lays on the grenade. And then she says, I feel no pain, no fear. And now at last no anger. Thank you is what 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 I whisper. And then they cut to them in the in the back in the camp and it says, Sleep little one. Sleep sleep you monster. Sleep my darling friend. And then that's the last page when she's now dead and the sniper is like in the trees behind her coming to you know to, to gloat on his kill. And she'll get him. At least that's the no way pitch. I read it
2: which one does she consider to be her darling friend i didn't get that either cuz I, I didn't think, think she blonde. really like
0: yeah
2: i didn't I think, think that's she that's like that she
0: it hands on. i think the monster is the act that she says the monster is the the russian uh, the political officer
2: no i don't think so i think the monster's that ugly the ugly oh one.
0: yeah 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 that's yeah you're right
2: cuz i think she refers to her that way earlier in the story too yeah,
0: that's right. So sleep little one is is the red oh wait, she's there. I didn't even see her in there. Alright, go to the next to the last page. She's actually there getting up in the dark. She's there in the background. See her? With her guns over her shoulder? Hang on. That's right. I say I knew I saw her slipping out. And and it's in that panel.
2: What, where a, are you at?
0: Where it says, sleep, little one, sleep, you monster. She's there in, in the background. See her? Oh, she's okay. okay. She's, um, she's got her wrapped you. guns guns o- over her, her, her shoulder. And oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say, I know I saw her slipping out, but yeah, that's where she slips out of the camp. While they're all asleep. Yeah, I liked it. So there I we did. go. I, I, I spoil all it. of it,
2: but it's really <laughs> good, and you
0: should go buy it.
2: Yeah, I, I liked. I thought the characterizations were really, really well done.
1: See, I, Paul I, it's very quiet. I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna divert there a little bit because I kind of felt like there wasn't. There wasn't enough story to make the characterizations feel real. It just felt like, okay, I have to throw dialogue in here so that you can, you know, so you could tell one from the other. And ultimately that led to me not being able to tell one from another because I think I needed them to be in more narrative type situations where i'm kind of following them along on their journey instead of having them sit around the table talking or something like to that effect it's what you know it's one of my, my complaints about the brian michael bendis era is too much sitting around the table talking it's and it's not like there was an action here but i didn't think the action was accompanied by the dialogue i thought the dialogue was between the action uh and it you know the action wouldn't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of spinning my wheels here, though, because while you're being a sniper, you can't really be sitting there blabbing away either. Uh, you know, you, we, we got right. some characterization from her in, in thought, not thought balloons, but thought boxes. Uh, so I'm, I'm criticizing something that doesn't warrant criticism in some ways. So I apologize for that. But, you know, it's, it's really more or less like I, I said earlier about how your mileage may vary. It depends on what kind of story you're looking for. I have to admit, while I go for other things, and you've know, you you've heard us on the show, we've gone for a lot of different things, different genres and all, and I like varying off that every once in a while. Ultimately, I, when, you, when you go to the bottom line, I'm a superhero comic guy. So right. sometimes when we vary off that too long, then I start longing to go back to superheroes. I think a lot <laughs> of readers today... Uh, And a lot of people our age and and younger and older, I I think just a lot of people in general uh, are more interested in in widening those parameters and not limiting themselves to superheroes. And again, as I've said, you know, you've you've heard us talk about books that aren't superheroes, things like Fearscape or even you know, sentient or uh, well, sentient seems to me to fit a little bit more in the mold. Uh, Seven Deadly Sins, though, is certainly not a uh, superhero type book, and. I like things that aren't, but when push comes to shove, I go back to superheroes. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, believe me, I, I totally get where you're coming from, and I'm I'm right there with you. Um, not long ago, I somebody tried to bait me into an argument on on the internet because I, you know, dared venture an opinion of my own, which no, was, no, was you know, Somebody I, I tried to argue maintain. with you
0: on the internet. <laughs> I find that shocking. This revelation. That-
2: yeah you know I still maintain that Crisis on Infinite Earths is you know my favorite comic book story and uh you know i I just put that out there, and this guy kind of took me to task over it and he's like and he rattled off a list of like fifty comic you know different comic titles, you know, and he's like, tell me crisis is better than all of them and, and and I want you to explain you know on each and every one of these how crisis is better than these and it was stuff like you know, there, a lot of it I'd never even heard of, but it was stuff like Mouse and
1: Mouse oh did God, get I'm very tr- good reviews. I mean, I, I never actually read it, but I don't I do know right Yeah, it. I've
2: never read it either. It, but it was you know, it, it was I, I think Preacher might have been on the list. It, it was all this stuff, but none of them were were superheroes. It was all like I don't want to say artsy fartsy because that sounds like I'm putting it down, but it was it was like this, you know, it was stuff that was out of the realm of superheroes or, or any, anything like that. And to me, I don't want to say it's not comics, but comics to me at the end of the day are superheroes, you know? So there are other genres that are out there and I, I, enjoy a lot of the other genres that are out there, but at the end of the day, you know, to me, the, the core of, the comic book medium is superheroes. That's what created it. That's what's maintained it. And that's still what's basically the driving force behind it. So, yeah, I I see exactly where you're coming from. You know, you get me too far out of that comfort zone, then, yeah, you start to lose me as well, which I guess is is why I was so surprised to really get sucked into this uh, as heavily as I was. But I think a lot of it is, you know, a good story is a good story and I thought this was a good story but also, you know, again of, of the 3 TKO's that we've read now, this was the one that just felt the most comfortable to me because of the presentation style because of the uh because of the team that was on it. I was just I was I felt familiar with this territory as I ventured into it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and that, I guess, is ultimately why I kind of felt like the rug got pulled out from under me at the end. Because, you know, you're, you're dealing with, uh, you know, creators that I felt familiar with in a superhero context. And then it has this very dark, bleak, depressing ending where your hero, you know, and I say hero in, in quotes, your hero dies, and I was like, "Oh wait, what?" You know, so yeah, it, it kind of threw me for a loop. But you know, listening to the the way Bill, you know, summarized it, I, I won't say he completely changed my mind, but he he gave me something else to chew on that that I didn't initially you know take away from the story. So, yeah, it, it she, you know, it's a shame that she died because I, I really liked the character and I wanted more of the character. But if she had to die. Uh, I'm not yeah, happy she does that have, she died. She does, but yeah, she has a noble ending. You
0: know, I was so it I, I was just yeah. It, it was more on like Eliza. Okay, this didn't this didn't didn't end how I thought it was going to end. And and a lot of times it's nice to be surprised. And it's like oh right because because at first I was like right. oh man she's gonna die what the you know. Like, damn. but then when you right. read on it and, and, and you see the flash ahead and how she's going to take out, she plans to take out the guy. It's like, oh, okay, all right.
2: I, I see what they're trying to do. OK. Well, I mean, I, you know, again, you know, the way you explain, I, I see a more I see a better ending in it than I initially saw, because the, my initial takeaway, you know, from the read was. I won't say it was a that I thought it was a stupid ending, but I just thought like I just was I ended the book going what what that's it you know that she just you know here she's she's made up to be you know the the elite she's the best of the team everybody else feels that way you know she's been decorated and, and acknowledged and everything and then she just like dies at the end of it but now I see that while she did make a mistake. That she was still able to turn that into a victory at the end, at least a victory in the sense of, you know, she still defeated the enemy and, and saved her team. So it was, you know, a, an unintentional noble sacrifice. And that does make the ending a little more palatable than than what I initially took away from it, which which was just kind of a like huh reaction at the end. You know, because that, that was it. I, was, I just got to the end of it. I'm like, well, that, that's it? She just dies? But she Yeah, she dies, but she doesn't just die. You know, she she turns that, you know, her, her final act into something bigger than that. So,
1: yeah. And I think that there also might be a little element of you know, even the greatest heroes of the war or the greatest warriors of the war are forgotten when all is said and done and that the glory of war is not... There is no such thing.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, there,
1: there right. may be a little bit of a message like that that we're supposed to be getting from this as well. You know, be, being the greatest warrior on her squad ultimately led to nothing.
0: Well, I mean, it led, you led right. to her death. You want to talk about an inglorious death? I mean, she kills the one guy when he's taking a whiz in in, in the <laughs> trees. And then they joke about it later, like the one gruff, ru, ru, uh, ru, the Russian lady, I, I, I think she says, oh, yeah, he died with his weapon in his hands. All right. It's like, oh,
1: my God.
2: Well, there were also, you know, there were other glimpses in the story that that were equally disturbing, you know, on a, on a different level that, you know, even if she'd lived through all of this, even if the, the whole female team had lived through this, you kind of wonder what would life be like for them after the war because we see in in several instances in this that while you know the the political side uh, of this acknowledges her and and rewards her and everything we also get that glimpse you know when she's she here when she's eavesdropping essentially mm-hmm. that they may say these things and they may give her medals or whatever, or the acknowledgement or whatever, but they don't really respect her. And we even no. see that like with the male uh, soldiers, you know, when the, when the, when the girls are headed out, you know, uh, every oh, yeah, day they're like, they're, yeah. they're doing wolf whistles and, and Hey baby and calling to them and stuff like that. So you see that, You know, that they're not really appreciated for for what they and that I found that part of the story interesting and and disturbing. And I liked where Sarah realized that, you know, that all the other women were being subjected to this, but she wasn't that the men were actually afraid of her. And I, I liked that. I thought that was that was interesting. So it was little character touches like that that made the character interesting and endearing and again why it was such a shock at the end that oh she she's dead because <laughs> i wanted more i mean you're right we we do kind of get her her motivation we get you know what's driving her we get kind of sort of an origin story and all that so maybe there wasn't really anywhere else for her to go but you know, when I like a character, I want to see them continue. So it was just it was shocking to, you know, to, to get into the character and, and start to really care about her and be interested in her only the, you know, in, in six issues. That's it. She's she's dead. And so it was it was kind of shocking that way. But uh, it's it's definitely you know, obviously it, it touched something in me because, you know, here we are <laughs> going on and on about it. So this is one I think uh, I think ultimately it'll stick with me a little bit. Um. Yeah, you know, and, I, and I like those kind of stories. You know where, you know, they, they give you something to chew on, and uh, and the whole thing will stick with you afterwards. So yeah, I enjoyed this. Um. You had rated, you know, Bill. You had uh, rated this, you know, versus the other TKO projects that we looked at. Um, I I think I probably put this at uh, number two, like you did. I, I really. Yeah, you know, I've liked all the projects so far, but uh, but th- this one's right up there. But I, I don't know the the uh, sentient one was kind of hard to beat. I, I don't know, maybe that's just because it was the first one that we looked at or whatever. But I, I really liked that, and I could easily see that one becoming uh, you know like a like a Netflix series or something like that. Whereas I I can see this becoming a movie as well.
1: Well, the, sentient, the old I would say, one. was the closest to mainstream of yeah. the three. Yeah, yeah I can and,
2: see and, that.
1: And there's something to be said for that, you know, from, there's something to be said for that on both ends. Uh, you know, as I said, some people are more inclined to want mainstream and that, you know, I would fall in that group. Uh, and then there's others who, who have, have had enough, they've, you know, they've, They've seen superhero books all their lives and they feel like they're repetitive at this point and don't want that. They want something new and different. And certainly, uh, you know, Seven Deadly Sins and, and Sarah would fill that. So, you know, I think it, it really depends on what you're looking for. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be too uh, effusive of uh, praise here, uh, you know, because they sent us three books, so we got to say great things about them. But I think all. Right. All three series that we've covered so far have something uh, to offer to people who are looking for a series in that vein. If you're looking for a science fiction story, I think Sentient is right up your alley. If you're looking for a Western, I think Seven Deadly Sins is right up your alley. And if you're looking for a realistic war story, I think that Sarah is right up your alley. I think they're all well done and I think they all serve their purposes very well I think uh, i I get the impression that t k o really put together a plan with these books right yeah. that it isn't just you know okay here's 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 an author that looks good let's let's go let's run with it I think I think they're trying to to be a little bit more you know you know for lack of a better word planned out in how they're gonna present their uh, their their books to reach the widest audience they can
2: well i know that uh that sentient is up for um uh an eisner uh maybe more than one i'm not sure but at least one eisner i wonder how this is doing as far as you know accolades and recognition and everything i haven't really you know i haven't really heard much about it at all
1: I think this was one of the, the first releases that the company had, and I think that may be on the strength of the uh, creative team, knowing that you know they're going to get the most name recognition out of this particular team. Um, so I, I think this book was well received, and I but I also think that it's been kind of eclipsed by what's come out since. Uh, I, th- I think as far as the critic reviews, you know I, I think they liked this; they were happy with this. But then it was like something new and shinier came along and it was like, oh, I like that even more, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, right? that's that's at least the impression I've gotten. Uh, but I, I do think this was well received. I haven't heard anything about any awards, but, you know, that could just be that that I'm not in the loop on that.
2: Cool. Well, that's all I got.
1: Yeah, I think I think I, I've run out of comments myself Bill anything more <laughs> shh he's sleeping wouldn't be the first time Bill Billy don't be a hero
0: oh god I was <laughs> muted <laughs> <laughs> sorry I, I'm sitting there going on right here what are you guys talking about what? Damn, I did I die <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god I died on a podcast I was I was going, Sarah, Sarah, big Sarah, but Sarah.
1: shot
0: eyes.
1: <laughs> 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 All right, you know we've we've hit a milestone when Scott starts singing a song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Goodbye, uh, everybody.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, what was the, what was our oh, uh, uh,
0: code again? Pretty are Pretty the Green Lantern. Yes. Oh, what's the code? The code. The code, Paul. The code for the, the books
1: and the stuff swordfish. and the thing. Uh, the code is back. Okay, so if, if you go to if you go to TKO and you look to buy any books, you put in the code B A C K number two B I N S number two zero, and they will give you twenty percent off of your order at the uh, at checkout. So That's a- you're welcome. Bye-bye,
2: everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at two 2truefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. So I was mutant because I was passing some
0: wicked You're gas. What? I was passing some (laughs) wicked gas. I was muting. I was afraid to get picked up on the microphone.